Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having an awesome day, because I know I am, because a day is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, <clears throat> I have to say my trip to the East Coast is going awesome. It's, it's very humbling that we get to experience new friends. And this is part of the cool thing about the camp I went up to this past summer, that we got to experience new friendships and we got to see growth with each other. And how awesome is that? Unlike before, where we weren't familiar with um, each other, and now towards the end of the summer, we're like, okay, I'm going to visit you. And let's find a time where we can like visit together either on a weekend or even when I have time off and you have time off. And with that in mind, we we then go and actually fulfill it and see these are the lifelong friends that god brings in your life and in my life as well and these are also your friends that you want to make sure that you invite them to your wedding and so i want to give a big thanks to noah and uh, ella for opening their campus uh, to me and stuff they truly are an awesome couple um, i got to meet noah chikowski and he, we're going to try to see if he can be on the show together, uh, do an episode with Noah and Ella later today, or who knows when. Stay tuned for that. And the interesting part of that whole thing is, is that we, when we get to do a show together, we're going to try to figure out how we met. And I believe that God has a plan. And just like how we go, we, we have a purpose, and that purpose is to follow. And when we follow, God brings in certain people in our lives. And so with this in mind, we come to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when we just get to praise God and we get to like glorify his majesty. And again, before we start doing that, I mean, I've been reading reports about what's been going on in Florida and um, we just need a lot of prayer for our leaders. Um, we don't know what's going on. Um, uh, both leaders on the Republican side and the Democratic side um, of course, that's going to be in a later episode as well. Um, but we're not going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about glorifying God. And again, <clears throat> we've been having also the families in uh, Washington and um, continuation for the prayers for the families in Hawaii. And it shows you a true testament of God at, at work at his finest. How he is a blessing unto others. And I also want to give a big shout out to Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is an awesome Christian organization that I highly recommend to be involved in. The cool thing about Eight Days of Hope is, is that it provides an opportunity for you to do missionary work, to be a missionary within America and even out your front door. For instance, they were responding to um, Florida right away after Hurricane Ida went through. They're right now in Florida. so. Their first response or their te their response team definitely needs prayer in their first responding. And I mean, I'm just enthused by it. And I know that as a podcast and as a Sound Support podcast, we will definitely be supporting them in any way we can. And so there could be a potential that we could be having Steve Tiber on our podcast as an, another episode in the near future as well. But the reason why Eight Days of Hope is worth to get involved in it's because it's a true Christian organization. And the cool thing is that all of it's volunteer-based. No one is paid. No one, they don't get paid. They don't get compensated. It's all donations. 
It's all donations and resources. It's all donations, vehicles. It's all donations and everywhere in every aspect. And you get to see God's hand at work right in the midst of it. And this is where it correlates into uh, awaiting the new body or awaiting new hands. And for the families that are devastated in Hurricane Ida, they're right now awaiting and providing homes, temporary homes, providing shelter by either building tents as a disaster relief response. And how awesome is that to like also to not only give them a, um, check it out on, on their website, eightdaysofhope.org. And therefore you can find more information about their wonderful ministry that they do. And so with this in mind, we're going to dive right on in and talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Dear Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. Lord, we're so blessed to be called your children, and we're so blessed that you have given us an opportunity to glorify your name, an opportunity to praise you, an opportunity to minister to others that don't know who you are, Lord. So we just pray for eight days of hope as they are first responding to the crisis in Hurricane Ida. We just pray for their rapid response, their um, hard efforts, and we just pray for the prayer warriors that are praying for them. And Lord, we just are so blessed to be called your children. And we are here to pray for our brothers and sisters that are in need. So we pray for them in Florida. We pray that we can have a uh, fast response and we pray that they can get back to normal normality of life, Lord. But we also pray that you can just walk alongside each family that have lost everything, Lord, in the path of a hurricane Ida, have lost houses, have lost their livelihood. We just pray that you can walk alongside with them so they don't get discouraged and they know who you are, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So I don't know about you, but has have you ever gotten so tired where you literally are like you just want to sleep for days? I sure have. It was basic training. Staying up 72 hours straight. And the only thing that was keeping me awake was sanitizer underneath my eyes. That was the only thing that was keeping me awake. And I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 states. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because, we, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we were in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we, don't, we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is immortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who was fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Verse 6, Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, 
so that each of us may receive what is due us from the things done while we were in the body, whether good or bad. I want to stop there before we continue on. Because there's a lot to chew on, literally, as I'm chewing a piece of fry. One of the things that I absolutely love is none of us don't like none of us don't like being unclothed. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't like being cold during the winter. When you step out in a blizzard or when you step out in the during the fall and you're like that cold temperature, that brisk wind gets to you. You want to be as clothed as much as you can so you don't get sick. We get to see that change. And not only that, but it's so hard for us, especially in America, to live by faith. What does it mean by live by faith instead of not by sight? So many of us want to make sure we have to see everything for our eyes. When I was a kid and I, somebody's like, I got healed, I would always doubt them. I would always doubt like, no, nah, I don't think you really got healed or I don't think this really happened to you. Because I didn't see it. And because we didn't see it, we always end up doubting. But then as we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we see the change. We see the perspectives that are different from others. We see the perspective and the change of our hearts so that we have more faith than we see. Like we have faith in our chair that's going to hold us up. We have faith that we're going to, the chair is not going to fall underneath. We have faith in knowing that the building that we're in right now is not going to fall. Or it's not going to collapse because we have faith in knowing that the builders knew what they were doing, especially at your house. You have faith that the carpenters knew what they were doing at the house so we wouldn't all fall in and while you guys were sleeping. And so, <clears throat> or another instance is that you have faith in your car, knowing that whoever put the car together did it the right way because he read the manual. He had faith you, because you don't, you don't stop at the uh, top of the hill and you check out like, okay, is there a car coming and stuff? Because you expect that person to know whether, um, what he or she's doing because you have faith in them. You also have faith in the car because you don't check around your car all the time. You just hop in your car and you start it up. You have faith. And same thing goes with us. Same thing goes with our hearts. We have faith in knowing that God will provide no matter what. We have faith knowing that during the storm of Hurricane Ida, he's along with the people that have lost everything. They have faith knowing that he will provide. And that they don't need to see people. They only need to see and have faith in God because God will bring those people alongside with them because they have a purpose. And... I absolutely love the second part in verse 11, the ministry of reconciliation. In verse 11, we read, Since then, we know what is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others what we are in, what, <clears throat> what we are in plain to God. And I hope it is also plain to your con uh, conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in, um, in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God um, if we are in our right mind. It is, of, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are, we are convinced 
that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we are we are regard no one, no one from a worldly point of view, through we once regret or regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has also committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteous of God. I want to have you guys lament on that. I want to have you guys like think about that. In verse 21 of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to really hone in on this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteous of God. So before... Before Jesus even came, we had to do a whole bunch of traditions in the book of Moses and the Old Testament law. I mean, I would, I definitely can tell you, I read through the, uh, the Old Testament. There are so many rules and regulations of what we could do, what we couldn't do, what we should wear, what we shouldn't wear, what needed, what needed to be done during worship, what needed. I mean, it was more traditionalist. It was more of more of rules and um, just it just bored people. And I definitely can tell you, realistically. Now this is the honest open, this is the honest sauce. If we didn't have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if He didn't come down on earth, and we had to follow through the Old Testament, I would say to myself, why do we? Why? There's so much things that like we could hiccup. There's so much like it's not even worth like pursuing God. But because God knew that, because God knew that we would all stumble and we would all fail, He sent His only begotten Son, who was blameless like a blameless lamb. To die on the cross for me, for you, and for your wickedness, and for my wickedness even as well. So that we can be blameless as well. And so that's why I want to encourage, and I want to really, if you have your Bible, I want to really have you guys highlight um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Because it's important for us. And a lot of us tend to overlook on that as well. And so we then, we then look at the big picture. And the big picture is tensions and pockets of peace. Now, how does that correlate in our life? Well, <clears throat> I'm sure there's different pockets of peace and moments in our life. There's different instances in your life where everything's going absolutely fine. And you think you have peace. And those are small pockets of peace. But when your admin to-do list is empty, you have extra cash left over the end of the month. Your kids are playing together like the lion and lamb are best friends. And you sit there drinking a cup of tea, thinking life is just amazing. And you're looking out upon the sunset and you're like, man, nothing can go wrong. <clears throat> it generally never lasts longer than a few minutes. 
That is what I call a pocket of peace moment. You don't want a pocket piece. Those pocket piece moments are sometimes that we always long for. And the cool thing is that the only reason why we long that is because God gives us a little taste of what it could look like for us. Of when we would pass away, we're going to have peace forever lasting. It's not just going to be that tiny glimpse of it. It was interesting because I have to tell you a funny story. I had I had experienced that kind of a pocket piece moment where we where I thought everything was all fine. Like everything was like all good. Like, you know, and next, thing you know, a text message comes in and boy, did that day switch from that in that moment that text came in and what was said, my day switched from happy go lucky to peaceful to like it went to absolute cattywampus and it went like really bad day. And so with this in mind, we with this in mind with the tensions and pockets and stuff is what you do during those what you do during those uh, in those situations, what you do during like when you are in in a tense situation, do you give yourself to God, number one, or do you focus on the matter at hand? I have focused on matter at hand multiple times, and I've focused on trying to get that more pocket peace in the world but i definitely can tell you that pocket peace in the world is never a good thing at all by any means and so with this in mind i think it's important that as we go from on forward and stuff we need to be more like christ and we need to be showing that like we need to ask for a heart of forgiveness all the time because we truly are wicked individuals each and every single one of us are very sinful human beings And so with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in your presence, Lord. We pray for a heart of repentance, Lord. A heart of remind, a heart of repentance of the mind, action, and and body, Lord. That we can be that blameless lamb, that lamb that was, didn't have a spot, and that, or a mindset like of a child, where they don't know between right and wrong. We just pray that innocence may be restored in our mind, but we continue to pray that no temptation and no tension may force us to stumble, Lord. And if it does, Lord, I just pray that we can just come into you, come into prayer right away with you, Lord. That we can just come into reverence of you and we can stop and fall on our faces and cry out into your name, Abba, Father. Because only you give, the, only you give those moments unto us. Only you provide those temporary peaceful moments that we all long for, Lord, because you are an awesome God. Lord, we just pray for our hearts that we can be servants unto you, Lord. And we pray that we can continue to start something serving others, even if it's like opening the door for someone that we don't know, a random stranger, or saying hi to someone that's having an off day, Lord. It's those small acts of kindness. So, Lord, I just pray that you can watch over us and We can just pray for this wonderful weekend, Lord, for the college students that are going to have extra time. We just pray that you can just watch over them and that you can guide them and protect them because you are an awesome God. May you guide us and protect us as we also continue on the path that you have set before us so that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.